Well, howdy there, everybody. Welcome back. Happy Skews Day to you. It's August 23rd, 2022. I'm Trey Crowder, and that there is Mr. Mark Agee. What's up, Mark? What's up, Trey? How you doing today, bud? Doing good? I'm all right. Hanging in there. Yeah, lots to talk about today for a, what is a fairly slow news week with, you know, Washington pretty much shut down. Um, but uh, so before we get to the show, um, we haven't talked about Breonna Taylor in a while. Uh, one of the cops that got charged in federal court after the state's uh, they, this uh, attorney general passed from prosecuting them, pled guilty today to uh, lying on the search warrant that led to the raid that got an innocent woman killed. Um, and she's going to testify against uh, her her three other cops that got uh, uh, charged. Um, so that's good because there was <laughs> there. What she lied about was that their allegations were that Brianna's ex-boyfriend was a drug dealer and she mm-hmm. was having receiving mail at her house that was addressed to him. That was right. an absolute lie. They, right. they just raided this woman's house for nothing, just for funds. Yeah. I was going to ask like what the, what, what the goal, what, like they lied to be able to go in there, but if they didn't have anything actually implying that the dude was operating out of there or whatever, then what, why were they, why did they want to go in there in the first place? I think we got a whole generation of cops who were um, uh, gassed up on law and order episodes where the whole goal is to frame a guilty person. So they just assume this person must be guilty. And so they fabricate evidence to get mm-hmm. them in, in search of real proof, which is why, you, why you're doing a no-knock raid for, for a weed dealer is insane to me anyway. You, you watch The Wire, right? Oh, yeah. Um, remember the, the, the end of the first season when they're arresting Avon and they're watching the cops stack up outside the SWAT team? And Avon, they, Avon and uh, Stringer are like, look at these Delta Force motherfuckers just laughing at the clownishness. And then mm-hmm. one of the other cops is like, these guys haven't touched a gun in a decade. These are high-level drug dealers. These right. guys are sl- slinging a little weed in Louisville, and they're like, and they're, and they're like, right, they're doing like a like a like they're a SEAL team. And dude, and I, yeah. they they loved that shit and have for a while in my hometown, tiny little hometown, Salina, Tennessee. When I was in high school. Halloween every year was a big, it was much more tricks than treats, you know, like big uh, egg hurling night. You know, all teenagers get together, ride around in war wagons, hurling eggs at each other and cars and all that shit, just general teenage dumbassery. But there was this one cop on our police force who every year, dude, he would like deploy himself on Halloween to town in like full camo and like camo face paint and a ghillie suit and like fucking combat armor and all this shit to take down the, the egg throwing teenage scourge that was going on, but they'll take any opportunity to get all geared up. You know, Dude, we talked, you and I have talked before, I don't know if on the, on the show, but like I used to play like uh, when Texas hold during the Texas Hold'em boom in the early 2000s, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when I lived in Dallas, I'd play in like an underground rooms, you know, tournaments, a hundred dollar buy-in or whatever. But I don't know if you ever noticed a lot of like those TV cop shows, the real the reality show shows like cops and stuff. Film, they, they film in Dallas. There's a lot of cooperation with departments. And they were doing SWAT raids on tons of these poker games. And yeah. it's just like these are like just yeah. dudes playing dudes. poker. Dudes. College just, dudes, bartenders and shit, just yeah, playing for, like you said, hundred dollar buy-ins. And they would be, which whatever, if you want to bust up illegal gambling, I mean it's against the law, whatever, you know, what the with the wrists are, but you just you could just knock and come in. Mm-hmm. You don't need to get in full, but they're doing it just to make footage for the TV shows that are falling around. They want to, they, they, they want to be action stars. But like I, when I was in college, I got busted for underage possession of alcohol. And uh, I wasn't even drinking at the time, which is a whole other story. But the cops jump out of bushes to like snatch <laughs> me and my friends. These are college cops who are hiding in the bushes. Yeah. Bus teens for having a, 11, a $7 bottle of vodka. It's just like, yeah. come on, man. Covert ops, yeah. man. Gotta yeah. Get there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so another thing that happened, there was an uh, interview uh, <coughs> in The Guardian by um, the guy who was the uh, Rusty Bowers. He testified for the January 6th commission about all the pressure he was getting as the uh, Speaker of the House in Arizona to help overturn the election. And he's since lost his primary of course. to a guy, which is like Speakers of the House don't lose primaries. You're too powerful right. to go down. But like the, 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 the lies here are too much for even him. And the guy um, says the, the the bad result in the 2020 election, the guy that beat him was the result of satanic influence. So he yeah. lost to a true loon, but he, but he gave this thing where he's like, there's no thought process in this party anymore. There's no ideology. It's just all meanness and, and, and right. conspiracy mongering. It's like, where you been, buddy? You've, you've been in this party for like, well, like, 
he's in Barry, he's in uh, Barry Goldwater's home state. This is the that's the founding of the all this whole fucking movement it goes back to the 1960s with full on lunatics. Yeah, you read about this guy and he's like, yeah, he was the dude in charge of sort of like Raffensperger and Georgia or whatever, and Trump and Giuliani are calling him, basically just asking him to throw out the results of the Arizona election, send their own electors and whatnot, and he wouldn't do it. And we talked before when it was all going on, like you know. There was just a few people away from this being a much bigger shit show than it was. Like these guys yeah. said no to the president and his team, basically. And it's good they did. But, you know, all the those like those relics of a bygone era of republicanism, the sort of just the regular old chamber of commerce type guy, the business papals of the world who aren't mm-hmm. full bore lunatics. They're all getting systematically picked off by people who say that the election was, you know, the result of a satanic overtaking or whatever. Like that's yeah, that's the face of the party now. Yeah, I found the quote. The election was not only stolen from Trump itself; it was satanically snatched by the devil himself. Satanically snatched by the devil himself was a really cool song title. Yeah, uh, listen to that. Uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, but this guy, this guy, after he testified for the January sixth commission. The good guy who lost said he would definitely vote for Trump again. <laughs> that is fucking, and he still lost. There's no like, there's no point in like not doing the right thing because you're going to get fucked. Um, but so this story, this is just a really fun one. So Japan, apparently the youngsters are uh, straight edge. They're they're drinking way less than their parents did, which most every government in the, in the world is like. You know, you look at like booze in America. It says like you know it could cause deformities in pregnancy or whatever. Um, called birth effects, and but Japan, the teens and people in their twenties and thirties are drinking so little, it's giving the government tax problems. It <laughs> launched this initiative to get young people to pitch like PSAs that would get them to drink more. Yeah, like- yeah, get these kids <laughs> drinking, man. They're watching too many damn cartoons, you know, with uh, fucking aliens and shit in them. Playing too many video games. We need them out there drinking and fucking. I was, that's what the kids need to be doing in this country, the Japanese leadership said. I did wonder if it was like, because th- I've also heard that they're having problems with like a plummeting birth rate and stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I was like, I wonder if that's also a part of this. They're like, oh, we got to get them drunk so they'll fuck each other. We're not going to exist in a few years. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yeah, the, yeah, that that did occur to me too because like the whole wet, the whole northern hemisphere, the Western world has a declining birth rate problem. But Japan probably has it worse than anybody. So it did occur to me they were trying to get them drinking so they'll start fucking again, mm-hmm. but and, and forget to use condoms. But the uh, the the, can't, the online contest to get for, to, to pitch ideas, their PSA ideas to get, get to drink more is called Sake Viva, which is like French for live sake. Live sake. <laughs> So I don't really know what they're up to, but that was really that was just a really a fun fun little thing from across the uh, across the Pacific. I always yeah. appreciate fun little things here. Let's get mm-hmm. in our own fun little thing. The rest of the show with us as always is producer Matt. This is Weekly Skews. I of course would like to remind you of a couple of things. Number one, if you want to see me perform live, go to Trey Crowder dot com get your tickets we are in the process of finalizing some new dates for the fall going to be heading back out there so fret not go to TreyCrowder.com and come and see me number two if you enjoy this program and would like to show your support you could do so by signing up on patreon five dollars a month gets you access to full-length bonus episodes we just did one a couple of days ago we got plenty more in store we're having fun with it. We hope you'll consider going to weeklyskews.com slash more or just go on Patreon. Look me up. Sign up on there. Get some more skews in your life. All right. As for the show tonight, we're going to be talking about ongoing insanity like that surrounding the Mar-a-Lago raid, the nation's primary elections and some of their candidates, which we've already alluded to, and the never-ending and increasingly horrific fallout of the Supreme Court's Dobbs, Dobbs decision all that and more on tonight's skews, but first, of course, the Daily Dumbass. Matt, graphic, please. Tonight's DD, the guy from Beverly Hills Cop and Fast Times at Ridgemont High for fucking with Donald Trump. Let's uh, hear from his lawyer here, Trump's lawyer. Attorneys. Um, as far as Judge Reinhold, I still have this burning question as to why he felt he needed to recuse himself on the case I have against Hillary Clinton and the FBI um, over a month ago. Yeah, you guys get it. So I'm not going to lie to you. It was hard for me at first to process this as not being about 
eighties movie star Judge Reinhold. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I even like it took me. I was like, "What does Judge Reinhold have to do?" I couldn't. I couldn't make it click in my brain. Like, oh, okay. There's a judge yeah. whose name is Reinhold. <laughs> well, no, it's right. The judge who gave the, granted the search warrant for Mar-a-Lago's name is Reinhardt. He's the guy. Reinhardt. He's the guy whose synagogue had to cancel services because of so many anti-Semitic death threats he was getting. He's also the guy you've seen in the photoshops with Jeffrey Epstein that made it to Fox News. So he was just critical fact-checking over there. So <laughs> that this this lady is Alina Haba. We talked about her on the Patreon episode on Friday. She's the one who apparently is such a terrible lawyer that uh, she doesn't even hit for the rest of Trump's legal team, which is basically non-existent. Um, yeah. This is from a story I read. The former president's current legal team includes a Florida insurance lawyer who's never had a federal case, a past general counsel for a parking garage company, and a formal host at Far Right One American News. Alina Haba, I guess, is the parking garage company because she's a real estate uh, lawyer from New Jersey. Uh, real estate law is definitely who you want on your side when you're facing federal prison time for uh, selling nuclear secrets to Saudi mm-hmm. Arabia or whatever the fuck Trump was doing. So, but <laughs> so yesterday was a pretty funny day legally. Um, Trump. Trump's legal team or Trump himself, it's not really clear which, because he accidentally filed pro se, which means he's representing himself, which please represent yourself in federal. Right. Court. <laughs> yeah. we need I feel like he's probably pitched it or th- at least thought of it before. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I'm sure he yeah. thinks that he could do it. And he's probably yeah. looking around his lawyers being like these dipshits. Just let, let me at him. And yeah, that's, yeah. that's the circus we all deserve. So he filed to get an injunction, which is the wrong legal term, to uh, to stop the FBI from going through the documents they took, which they've already been going through for two weeks. So it's way too late. Usually, right. I saw a, fed, a federal former federal prosecutor who's now a defense lawyer say you would usually file that if you thought they had privileged materials, you file that day before they read them. You don't like. You I mean, of course, them. right? Yeah, like what? <laughs> they, I mean, they've had them, like you said, for two weeks. I would imagine they've been looking at them. <laughs> yeah. He might check he also, that box of state secrets, whatever we got from the former yeah. president's house. Like, ah, shit. I was going to, yeah. but we had the fantasy draft and everything, you know. Anyway, I'll mm-hmm. get on it. <laughs> yeah. So an injunction is not even really what he wants because an injunction is asking the government to stop doing stuff they've already had two weeks to be doing. So it doesn't even make any sense. He also filed it in the wrong court. Like, he, 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 instead of, like, you would usually go to Judge Reinhardt, petition him because he's the judge overseeing the case. They filed at a federal courthouse across the state to try to, Forum seek to get a forum shop to get a judge, a Trump appointed lawyer. Even though it was a Trump appointed lawyer, it was like, this is nonsense. Fuck off. Go back to the right court. <laughs> so, all of this is pretty funny. Um, before we move on uh, to, to, to the case itself, I want to talk about Alina Haba because she just got sued for being a racist, basically. Mm-hmm. And it, so, she had one black employee, and apparently, she would uh, play rap music and sing along with all the lyrics in the office. Um, <laughs> And her defense was essentially, I can't be racist because I love DMX, uh, which is You know, I might have made that uh, same claim when I was 15 years old living in my mom's trailer or whatever and fucking, you know, uh, flesh of my flesh, blood of my blood just came out. And it's like, listen, I'm just trying to respect the artist here. These are the lyrics. But, you know, I thought we'd... Oh, we'd moved on as a people from that for a while ago, For uh, let alone in a professional setting. It's, uh, yeah. it's a bold move, just blasting yeah. N-words everywhere just because you're trying to get hype she also, in a law she, office. <laughs> after she lost uh, her uh, one of her Trump cases to Letitia, uh, Letitia James, who's a, a, a pro, uh, New York Attorney General, she called her, uh, just screamed, I hate that black bitch in the office, which is also in this lawsuit, which is a... Uh, uh, Racist because what if she's a bitch? What the hell does a skin color have to do with it? Also, you just lost because you're a worse lawyer with a worse case than she is. Um, but so, but I also the story. I, you know how she ended up being Trump's lawyer, Trey. Um, I know she, that she like compliments him a lot, and and he really digs that. But yeah. That's it. So as a quote, Haba came into Trump's orbit after becoming a member of his golf club in Bedminster in 2019. So two years ago, Trump, two, two and a half years ago, Trump saw this lady playing golf. And was like, she could save me. She could save me from federal jail time. Mm-hmm. Um, but also <laughs> this, this legal filing did read, it was funny because they said it was pro se because this legal filing did read like Trump wrote it himself. You know, Trump always does this rally. He talks about how the big, strong men come up with tears in his eyes and thank him for saving the country. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
this is from the, this is like recounting an interaction you have with an FBI agent. Once back in the dining room, one of the FBI agents said, "Quote: Thank you. You did not need to show us the storage room, but we appreciate it. Now it all makes sense." So they say, and the FBI said it was all good. Yeah, uh, they they yeah. loved it. As soon as they saw it, they were like, "Oh, this is great," <laughs> which they <laughs> might have been. They're like, you know, hey. There's the thing we came for. It's right there. This is good. There was a Corey Lewandowski. Remember him? Was a Trump guy. Yeah. I uh, worked for the campaign. Ended up in little. Uh, maybe maybe it was an accidental dupe for Russian intelligence. Uh, he was on CNN talking about even the FBI was on his side when they were interviewing. They say we know you didn't do anything wrong. Just come clean and we got your back. And he was saying that like I was like, right. buddy, this that- is so if. If the FBI gets Trump to talk himself into prison by pretending to be his friend, like right. going back to law and order, like the cops law and yeah. order, tell us. <laughs> I know. That's what I was about to say. It's like, have they never seen any piece of media from TV or film ever where an FBI agent interrogates somebody? You know, that whole, we're just trying to help you out here. We know you're cool. Just tell us. Like, it's pretty yeah. much chapter one. Yeah, the motion uh, it also included this language where he said that they, one of the reasons we should stop this investigation is because the search of Mar-a-Lago was, quote, shockingly, uh, a shockingly aggressive move with no understanding of distress that it would cause most Americans. Mm-hmm. I tell you, Trey, I feel super distressed over Trump's yeah. troubles. Do you feel distressed? Yeah, I think most Americans are pretty uh, opposite of distressed about it, although there's some papals out there strung out over it. There's no doubt about yeah. that. You know, this is yeah. the worst thing to happen to them personally in a long time. Yeah. So uh, the, also the, the more breaking news, this came from last night, New York Times. And then uh, I think ProPublica had a uh, uh, had uh, sorry, Politico had uh, more information about what was actually taken. So New York Times said he had 300 top secret documents, including stuff with nuclear information. And Politico said 700 to which the New York Times reporter is like, well, 700 pages, but 300 documents. So like, like but this is like. This is what's going to drive me. We're about to spend two years debating documents, and I want to fucking die, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> uh, because this is going to be so asinine and stupid. Because the actual doc, like this stuff, gets so in the weeds. We're not talking about what we're actually talking about. If the documents are important, tell us why they're important. Right. Don't focus on the mechanics of right. who did the improper filing. But the government's so secretive, they're not going to tell us what he took and why right. it's risky and why it's damaging. So we're never going to know. It's going to be a bunch of t- cable and news talking heads who all used to work in national security. who are going to be dating the, debating the finer points of classification procedures. And I already fucking hate all of it. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 All right. Our first honorable mention for Daily Dumbass is anybody's ever taken too many weed gummies and then decided they wanted to kidnap the governor. Uh, that's apparently what happened in that case from a while back with, uh, governor yeah. Whitmer in, uh, what, uh, Michigan. Yeah. Michigan. Yeah, governor. So yeah. Two guys were finally found guilty. Uh, I don't know if you, we, we talked about it before, but they had a mistrial in their first trial. Uh, well, a bunch of guys were found not guilty in total. And these guys got a, got a mistrial for hung jury. So they retried and finally convicted them. So the government, because the government had fucked up the first case, there should have been, a, I mean, compared to what people usually go to prison for, this is a pretty easy layup. Um, not that, I mean, I wish way fewer people went to prison. We talked about that before, but in general, the criminal justice system should be somewhat fair. Uh, but the, the pots, so but the headline here, defendants of Governor Whitmer kidnapped trial called pot smoking morons. What's funny about this, it's important to note, that's from their own defense attorney. Yeah, right. The, their <laughs> official defense was basically, these guys are way too stupid to be doing the shit you're saying. Look at them. Look how dumb they are. They smoke weed yeah. all the time. They think up dumb shit. That's just what they do, okay? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you know, yeah, got to go with something, I guess. <laughs> and the dudes I mean, do look pretty dumb, so you know, it's worth a shot. Yeah. Dumb, dumb people could be criminals too, Trey. This is America. Uh, That's true. We're all about equality here. Um, so, but the, the real origin of the moron thing—the reason that the defense attorney, uh, 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 yeah, put it in the record—is because the origin of it was one of the uh, task force members, uh, one of the cops' text messages. Uh, so the defense lawyer asked the cop named Croft, uh, asked if the cop called Croft was one of the defendants, a moron in a text. And the state trooper said, it could be Mr. Croft or it could be anyone in the group. He didn't remember <laughs> yeah. which one he called him. <laughs> yeah. 
Listen, I probably called them all that, dumbasses, dipshits, whatever. It's like, you're going to need to be more specific. Which dipshit are we talking about here? Yeah, yeah, it could be. Come on, man. These are, these are fucking clowns. And, like, it, it's just funny to me. The idea that I smoke so much weed to try to kidnap the governor is somewhat funny to me because that's the exact opposite of any sort of weed For sure. Idea. Yeah. It's like, let's. <laughs> Let's, you know, it's all, you always think that the FBI or, you know, somebody's after you because, and when you've done nothing. So deciding yeah. to kidnap the governor is the opposite of most high schemes for sure. But, you know, yeah. it's people they, uh, not known for their, uh, general intelligence or forward thinkingness. Yeah. Speaking of which, in other seditionist news, the lady who was accused of stealing Nancy Pelosi's laptop gets to attend a renaissance fair. She's been granted a, whatever, a leave to go to the Ren Fair, which, you know, who among us, right, doesn't doesn't want to go and have some mead with some uh, town criers, maybe maybe see a jester fart on a goose or something like that. Sounds like good fun. Yeah, what's funny about this to me is, like, I would see this as the first part of my sentence. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right there. yeah, can I please just stay in jail? <laughs> can, I, can I get life in prison instead of going to a fucking red <laughs> Uh So this lady, if you're not, if you've missed, uh, forgotten about her, she's quite a character in the January 6th fiasco. So she, she got arrested for police stealing Pelosi's laptop because she posted videos of her saying, I'm stealing Nancy Pelosi's mm-hmm. laptop. Yeah. Uh, she said, I took Nancy Pelosi's hard drives. I don't care. Kill me. It's just fucking funny. <laughs> uh, she posted a purloining other idols, including Miss Pelosi's quote, gravel hammered thing. She misspelled all this shit, but I was going to read the way she meant it. Graveled hammer, graveled hammer thing. She means a gavel. Uh, <laughs> gravel hammered thing. Close enough. Uh, and then and then she says, uh, somebody's like, why are you posting all this? And she goes, like they're going to arrest me. <laughs> they, <laughs> Then she jokingly said they'll never take her alive. Flash forward, they arrested her and they did. They totally took her alive. Yeah. (laughs) But so she also, the second part of her scheme was she tried to sell Nancy Pelosi's laptop to Russia, which is like, she just Googled probably how to sell secret documents to Russia. It was like, I don't know, I'm going to put it in a FedEx envelope to dress to Vladimir Putin spelled all wrong. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) These people are going to get away with it because they're so fucking stupid. They're all pot smoking goddamn lunatics. And the government doesn't take them seriously. The the government's not taking them seriously up to the point where they're like, uh, you know, putting them them in guillotines. But I looked at this Renaissance Fair. It it is one of the biggest Renaissance Fairs in America. And it looks like it hits. Uh, If you want to play a little bit of this this ad. uh, Look at that. That looked like a turkey leg, but also chocolate. They're they're mixing things up over here. Made. There it is. Yeah. Yeah, fucking six, five weeks. I was about to say that's a long fair. running renaissance fair. They got a lot of, a lot of jousting to get through at that yeah. thing. Yeah, um, but she hasn't been convicted yet. She wants to go to a rent fair. She gets her ankle bracelet off for a day. So more power to you. Enjoy, enjoy one of your last days of freedom for all. Let's lady. uh, let's quickly watch these next two uh, videos and then get to the primaries. But I would like to watch them. Our next honorable mention: the Navy SEALs for being caught up in the woke. Hysteria. Navy SEALs are too woke, according to Trump Jr. Let alone in our military. I have friends on SEAL teams that tell me they spend more time now in diversity training than they do shooting. And I was also like, this is one of those. You know, I don't like the military being taught anything other than how to murder wantonly. You know what I mean? I don't want my tax dollars going to stuff that isn't state-sanctioned murder training. <laughs> I I don't even what the hell could he possibly be talking about? I'd like teach them how to learn some words in Farsi, like stop, put your gun down. Right. I, like with that, I I just want to say I just, I fun, I don't believe him. <laughs> no, I do not believe him. And, uh, like it's, yeah. So, no, he has uh, friends yeah. now, especially no. not friends that are, you know, actual where, badasses. Where would he meet a Navy SEAL? Like maybe the ones who got elected to Congress and like Dan Crenshaw mm-hmm. or whatever, but like, he's not, he's not hanging out with active duty Navy SEALs because they're fucking overseas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> good maybe Lord. we went over there to cut the tail off an elephant or whatever. on mm-hmm. one of his big game hunts. Maybe there was a guide who was a Navy SEAL or something. I don't know. Benefit yeah. of the doubt, Mark. All right. One more for you before we start talking about the primaries. Honorable mention. Anybody who thinks that quick crimes count. This is Ron Johnson. Again, that, that, again, it's, it's another grotesque distortion. I had nothing to do with the ultimate slate. I had no idea that anybody was going to ask me to deliver those. My involvement in that, that 
attempt to deliver spanned the course of a couple seconds. I got, a, I think I fielded three texts and sent two and talked to my chief of staff that somebody wants you to deliver something. Yeah. yeah there I, you I go. Knew nothing about- All right. Just a, of Brian, sex, but- just a couple of yeah. seconds of coup planning, Mark. It's just some light treason over, you know, one spot in an afternoon, five texts. You- Come on. You remember the episode of The Simpsons where Sideshow Bob goes to prison for attempted murder of Bart, and he goes, "Attempted murder? What even? What even is yeah. that? Really? <laughs> it's like, it's like how it takes like literally one second to pull a trigger and kill somebody. I don't understand this defense, but it seems like he confessed on national TV to try and deliver an alternative slate of electors to the vice president to you know overthrow the government, but just briefly, just only briefly, briefly for only for a second, and then it yeah. was all other people after that. So mm-hmm. what are we even doing here? All right, yeah. yeah, we got primaries going on today. There are primaries in New York and Florida. Is that right? Yep, yep. There are some results coming in Florida. I saw Charlie Crist won the Democratic gubernatorial primary, so he's going to take on DeSantis in the fall. It would be really funny if DeSantis – DeSantis only won in, uh, was it 2018, by 0.4% of the vote. That guy turned out to uh, get, get arrested for being a crack addict, Andrew Gillum. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> DeSantis only beat a guy who was on crack by 0.4%. So he should be beatable, but also incumbents have huge advantages. And I'm assuming that all the electoral chicanery that DeSantis is engaged in has pretty much solidified his position. Yeah, yeah, well, he's uh, like a superstar, right? Like for him, he's like their guy. I love him on that side. Yeah, but he should be controversial because all the stuff that makes him hit for their side is awful for everyone else. Of course. So, yeah. Never know. But uh, we thought we'd be able to be fun to look at the, all the characters in today's primaries through the lens of more dumbasses. Uh, so one person is on the ballot today in Florida is Laura Loomer. Remember Laura Loomer? Uh, she's the woman who changed herself to Twitter headquarters in a way that didn't even lock the door closed to try to get her account back. <laughs> she's running. She got for, a, she's running for. She's got yeah. a strong caucus of support, though, focusing on the. Uh, elderly yeah. community like at the villages uh yeah. community down there and this is uh some footage from inside yeah. so the dumbass here is laura luma for aging up the children of the corn let's watch this this is creepy Not a All right, we'll get it. Boom, boomers for Loomer. You know, I bet there's at least one person in the back be like, I thought this was about bloomers. I, were we not getting bloomers today? I thought this was the bloomer thing. Is that in the different conference room? Yeah, Man, boomers Trey, for Loomer. I want to visit the villages because if you got – that's that super big retirement community um, full mm-hmm. of all the mansion-owning people. And like the, the politics there are insane. That's the, this is the, the area – we talked about it during the election where – Old people yeah. were getting it, like literally ramming each other with golf carts. Yeah, who, which candidates they supported. Seems like a crazy place, but uh, anyway, L- Laura Loomer is running for uh, the U- U.S. House for Florida's 11th district against against an incumbent, and she was out raising him by a bunch of money because she has a national fan base because of the Twitter the Twitter thing. I assume she's going to lose, but I don't know. But like, she deserves to lose not because she's a lunatic, but because her whole campaign revolves around basically just doing this. For example. They did this with the same group of people again with a different chant. Matt, if you have that video. Yeah, well, you got to get multiple takes, Mark. You know what I mean? You got to try, try out other things. So yeah, the, this I, Laura Loomer's a horrible anti-Semite. She she runs with a group those groupers. Basically, any beef she has with any Republicans that they're not anti-Semitic enough. Um, so I really really hope she goes down in fucking flames. Um, the second guy we're going to talk about is another guy running in Florida. Uh, his name is Martin Hyde. Uh, he has a British accent, but he is running in Florida, so don't be confused by that. But I guess the dumbass here is any FBI hostage rec- rescue team that thinks they could take this guy down. Let's watch this video. When they turned up at Miralago and raided the home of President Trump, that was an assault on every one of the 75 million people that voted for Donald Trump. It was an assault on democracy. These people will stop at nothing. I wish they'd turn up at my home because they'd have gone home in a body bag. Mm. <laughs> badass motherfucker right here. Yeah, they're also obsessed with being badass. Like I would have I would have wrecked that whole uh FBI fucking SWAT team 
with my yeah. also he's british they don't have guns they're not allowed right I don't, what's he gonna do what's he gonna do bitch them to death maybe because we've actually seen how this guy interacts with law enforcement because he went viral yeah. this week for doing so if you want to see uh-huh. how he actually handles it uh play a little bit of that matt if you got it here we go Yeah, I got pulled over for a speeding ticket. Uh, you pull it in fruit bowl. I'm not pointing at you. I'm pointing in the direction where it was. I'll just call the chief. Call the chief. Can I see your license? Right? Yes, sir. I do. You know who Can I, I see am. license registration insurance, please. You can do this. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, right. so you can cut this off. I was just like, so he literally calls the police chief while he's getting pulled over for a trip. He's 17 miles an hour over the speed limit with Dan texting while driving is what she pulled him for. I don't know whether he did it or not. I do know that if you the rest of us would just have to take the ticket and fucking go. Because like, <laughs> who's yeah. Well, she's lucky, me? Mark, that she walked away from this encounter. All right. <laughs> she could have ended up in a body bag dealing with this guy. So really, yeah. he was, you know, he went easy on her by just pulling a Karen and asking to speak to her supervisor because he's entitled to be able to break laws and whatever else the fuck. I do want to give a shot him out for being intellectually consistent because usually these guys move and say we love local cops but hate the FBI. At least he hates all cops, so it's consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, but so that's Martin Hyde. He's running in. He's running in a primary against an incumbent by the name of Vern Buchanan, Buchanan in the Florida 16th, and he's endorsed by Michael Flynn and Roger Stone. So I hope he fucking loses too. Um, <laughs> the next dumbass is anyone who doesn't get that a firing squad is just a fun prank. Um, this is about a guy. This guy's named- something else, man. He's, he's running in New York, and he's very well known to New Yorkers because he's been a political candidate for a lot of different office, offers, offices. But what we're talking about here is he threatened Merrick Garland's life on a radio on Steve uh, on Breitbart's radio show the other day. And then when somebody said, "Hey, did you really mean you want to kill the Attorney General?" He said, "Oh, I was just joking. It's a joke to threaten to kill the Attorney." It was no joke in it. I mean, like, there's no punchline. Like, listen to this. Here's the, here's the quote. So we have a couple unelected people who are running our government and an administration of people like Garland who should be not only impeached. He should probably be executed. What's the punchline, Trey? Yeah, right. Hilarious. Gut busting. <laughs> yeah. We joke absolutely. about killing people all the time. It can be you can joke about killing people. That's not a joke. Uh, I'm not saying it's not a funny joke. It's not structured like a joke. All right. Jokes no. for a living, it's not a fucking joke. No, uh, but this guy, Carl Paladino, he's got a long <laughs> he's got a long history of saying truly wild shit, which makes me kind of incredulous that he's not an even bigger deal. I would think this guy'd be a rising star because he's just that level a fucking yeah. lunatic. I want to read this one for what okay. he got removed from the Buffalo school board for saying in 2017. He was asked what he would like to see happen in the year 2017. And Paladino replied that what he wanted was for president Barack Obama to die of mad cow disease stating Obama, <laughs> Obama catches mad cow disease after being caught having relations with a Hereford he dies before his trial and is buried in a cow pasture next to senior White House advisor Valerie Jarrett, who died weeks prior after being convicted of sedition and treason when a jihadi cellmate mistook her for being a nice person and decapitated her. And if you think that the wildest part of the statement is him uh, fantasizing about a jihadi decapitating senior White House advisor Valerie Jarrett, you would be wrong because after that, when asked what he would most like to see happen in 2017, he replied, and I'm sorry, but I'm reading the quote directly. He replied, Michelle Obama, I'd like her to return to being a male and let loose in the outback of Zimbabwe where she lives comfortably in a cave with Maxi the gorilla. So again, yeah. this guy's got upper Republican management written all over him. Watch out for this yeah. guy. He's a rising star. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty a, far. He's, he's set a button. That's like 40 things that should end anybody's career. He did get kicked, kicked off the Buffalo school board. I do want to point out that they didn't actually oust him for saying all this shit. It was because he went on a live school board meeting. He showed some private documents to the to the to the to the internet feed. So he didn't. So they got him Al Capone for tax evasion on this one. Uh, but it wasn't even like kind of weirdly not even his worst scandal. So mm-hmm. somebody got a hold of a bunch of his emails when he was gearing up to run for governor in uh, twenty. What I mean, he ran against Cuomo, and I don't know it was twenty sixteen or whatever, what year, whatever year. Um, but his emails. 
let's get this out of the way. They had bestiality porn in them. Sure he was did. Emailing, he, he was on his work email. He was sending pictures of a woman getting fucked by a horse. Uh, ahead of Obama swearing in, he sent a video entitled Obama Inauguration Rehearsal and showed an African tribesman dancing. Uh, it was a meme that was popular among white supremacists at the time. Um, an email where he, with the subject line, proof the Irish discovered Africa containing a videos of monkeys that appeared to be doing a river dance jig. Um, video of a, he sent video to, uh, just of a naked woman, just regular porn, non-bestiality. So I guess slightly better. Is it better or worse? I don't know. Maybe it was revenge porn or something, but to a government email account, um, an email featuring a racist fake motivational poster. I don't even want to describe and I want to note that he won the Republican primary <laughs> for governor after all this shit fucking I'm happened. I'm saying, dude, he's fucking hitting for the cycle out here with the lunatics. Like, this dude's got a hell of a batting average if you're, if you're one of the... I, I, this is one of the craziest motherfuckers I've heard of in a minute. That's why I said I'm surprised he's not an even bigger deal because we're still not done, by the way. We're not well, done with the crazy at, shit that he has said. <laughs> after he lost the Cuomo trail, I put this in the outline. There's video of his. It, it, it's not even a concession because he didn't concede anything. Except he did admit that he lost. I guess that's technically a concession. But he took a baseball bat with him up on stage. It acted out cracking skulls at the state legislature with his baseball bat uh, to take <laughs> the government back. Then, more recently, in February yeah. of twenty, the year of our Lord, twenty twenty one, he went. Going back to a recurring theme about how you want to live your life in such a way as to not have a Hitler-related tab on your Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. In February 2021, he said on local radio in Buffalo that we need somebody inspirational like Adolf Hitler who aroused <laughs> and hypnotized crowds, screaming these epithets. That's the kind of leader we need today. And then six months – no, no, wait. June – a year and a half later, he apologized. I understand that invoking Hitler in any context is a serious mistake and rightfully upsets people. Yeah, so that's the state of our primaries today as we go to the polls. It's I'll try to find so, in my experience, so easy to not compliment Adolf Hitler or say the words, you know, Hitler was right about. Like, it just, for me, never really comes up. But they seem to always have trouble uh, not praising Adolf Hitler yeah. for some weird reason. But, I mean, anybody could slip and fall and send a bestiality porn video to a work email address. From sure. Email address. That could happen to the best of us. But I do want to say this video is from, uh, uh, this, is, this is taken out of context. I'm being totally honest, but it, I, I just thought great. this clip of Rudy Giuliani perfectly summed up the state of the primaries in 2022. Yep. If the American people don't know what's going on by now, then our country could possibly be too dumb to be a democracy. <laughs> <laughs> Show me the lie, Mark. Uh, <laughs> Oh God! What's the old quote that a democracy is where the people get what they ask get what they ask for uh, hard and fast? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, no, right. it's like they had like whenever they say something that you like totally agree with, but th- but you realize that they mean it in the complete opposite direction. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They got a real penchant for that. It's wild. Yeah, there was a poll going around this week. That it was like the voters' number one concern is protecting democracy, and everyone's like, "See, people come around; they understand." It's like I don't think you really understand that poll right. because right wingers are saying that because they think yeah. the election was stolen. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, they by protect democracy, they mean you know <laughs> ensure uh-huh. that what happened in twenty twenty doesn't happen again. A la right. you know a president who was rightfully elected then being allowed to be inaugurated after the fact. Yeah. Uh, we talked a lot on the uh, the Friday's that Patreon episode about Dobbs and the effect on the election, what, what's doing, it's doing the primaries, and how it's thrown uh, everyone's projections to fall into chaos to the point where Democrats might be able to hold on to the Senate and maybe a slim chance holding on to the House. Um, but there's still so much news happening with it. I thought we'd talk about it again because this video is from yesterday, and it's quite remarkable for a lot of reasons. I'm trying not to be too angry at this dude, and we'll talk about why. Right. Um, it's a South Carolina Republican uh, state congressman. Yeah. Talking about one of their, you know, abortion bans. Yeah. I voted for the pain capable bill, the fetal heartbeat bill, and fetal heartbeat has been for six weeks now. The second week that this, that the fetal heartbeat bill became law, a doctor called me out of Anderson. I live in Easley. A 19-year-old girl appeared at the ER. She was 15 weeks pregnant. Her water broke. 
and the the fetus was unviable. The standard of care was to advise her uh, that they could extract or she could go home. The attorneys told the doctors that because of the fetal heartbeat bill, because that 15-week-old had a heartbeat, the doctors could not extract. So their only choices were to admit the 19-year-old until that fetal heartbeat stopped. I asked, how long does it take to stop? She said, seconds, minutes, hours, maybe days, or discharge. They discharged that 19-year-old. The doctor told me at that point, there's a 50% chance, well, first, she's going to pass this fetus in the toilet. She's going to have to deal with that on her own. There's a 50% chance, greater than 50% chance, that she's going to lose her uterus. There's a 10% chance that she will develop sepsis and herself die. That weighs on me. I voted for that bill. These are affecting people, and we're having a meeting about this. It took that whole week. I did not sleep. Good. Yeah. So, yeah, I know what you mean about trying not to be too angry at this guy because it's like at least he has come around. But to me sitting here, it's like, yeah, man, like it's what did you think was going to happen? It's so they have this thing that we're all aware of where like they are literally incapable of caring about or processing a thing until they're like personally confronted by it in some way. And that, you know, their son is gay or whatever. And now they're okay with gay marriage. All of a sudden they don't all do that, but it seems like that's what it takes for a lot of them to have any kind of, they, there's no empathy like to begin with. They have to be confronted with the shit to give a damn. And it's like, at least he now seems to give a damn, but it's like, he's just sitting there saying like, guys, did you know that like this stuff is dangerous? Like there's unintended consequences of this and they're bad. Have you guys heard about this? It's pretty, pretty bad, man. (laughs) Like it just, what have you been doing this whole time? Where have you been up until this moment, you know, but Mm -hmm. at least the moment arrived uh, for that guy. So what's going on here is like uh, South Carolina already has a fetal heartbeat bill, which is what he was talking about that he voted for. And I'll come back to the video in a second because there's so much shit to unpack in there. But what they're debating is whether or not to pass an even more restrictive abortion ban. And, of course, as soon as he gave his little speech, the chair of the committee basically gaveled him and told him to shut the fuck up. And then they moved forward with the bill. Then they passed um, it anyway, yeah. They're, gonna, they, they, they're planning special sessions over the next month to consider even more restrictions. Uh, it, it has – bans all abortions except when the life of the mother is in danger. So this woman still wouldn't be able to get an abortion. Um, it lists a number of different medical emergencies would fit into the exceptions. So maybe they could expand that if people fight hard enough, which is what happened, which is what a doctor called it, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, but it's going to, something that's going to hit the, hit the uh, desk of the governor, who's Henry, a guy named Henry McMaster, who said he wants to see no abortions in the state, which is a fantasy. Mm-hmm. That is a fucking fantasy. That's like saying I'm going to end crime or I'm going to make clouds go away. You cannot stop all. It, yeah, um, you just you're pushing the back alleys. So everybody knows. But like what that guy, what's happening in that video? One, I do want to say that it's good that he is learning and he is open to new information. But he's already been presented with this information, right? That they think they apparently. They think all that is bullshit or something. It's all yeah. made up by liberals in the media. It's like none of that's really happening. And then he like personally encounters an example of it happening. He's like, holy shit, you guys know this stuff is really happening? Like, yeah, that's how it seems. It's, it also like him including the bit about she might lose her uterus. Like it's like it never occurred to these people that women who want children also get abortions, which is like mm-hmm. they, just ask anyone. They would have told you that it happens for a lot of different medical reasons. Um, so that guy, his name is Neil Collins. Um, and he, he was, he's basically the only guy, the Republican who said he wouldn't vote for this. Um, he's a fairly normal, straightforward chamber of commerce Republican. So he's about as good as you're going to get for these guys. Uh, he's a real estate lawyer. He endorsed Rubio in 2016. He spoke it out against Trump and it survived somehow. So maybe he's, so he's going down soon. <laughs> he, he will be primaried in the next election. Um, Can't have that. Can't have rationality going on sensibility the doctor that called him is an important player here because i did not know this but there's a national movement of lbgyns to try to get more involved in politics after the Dobbs decision um they've had a pretty good track record uh for example in nebraska lbgyns uh successfully scuttled attempts to pass abortion restrictions in a summer special session 
um, and got the Republican-controlled legislature to punt the issue, at least until early next year. Uh, in West Virginia, Indiana, doctors secured smaller wins. Uh, they stripped harsh criminal penalties on physicians and patients uh, from a few bills. They got they insured exemptions for cases of rape and incest and threats to the health of a pregnant person. Um, the, the, this guy is a quote from a Republican, uh, a Nebraska senator named John Arch. He said, physicians have expressed concern, I would say to some degree, fear. Like, please don't interfere because you do not understand. There is such a thing as bad legislation, and that is born of not understanding the topic or the issue before legislation is passed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely call that bad legislation. It's yeah. like it just seems like it should go without saying. It's like we shouldn't make laws about things we don't really understand. Uh, but some <laughs> people are like, what the fuck is this commie talking about? Yeah. So I'm glad there are guys like this John Arch guy and in Nebraska and the Neil Collins guy in South Carolina who are rethinking, uh, you know, the, their actions after seeing the consequences. But there's a whole slew of people who aren't pulling up. And there's, there's a, this is a piece in Slate today called The Reason Anti-Abortion Activists Just Won't Stop. And the main reason is they're, um, you know, true believers. Uh, they think it's God, they're, they're God, they're, they're God's implements here on earth to save babies' lives, if you, no matter how many people they immiserate to get there. Um, and we talked before about how we're always going to be arguing about anecdote, like the 19-year-old No Collins talked about, because everyone's situation is so fucking different. You're going to hear these stories constantly. It's going to be a drumbeat in the media because every case is going to be specifically horrible for its own fucking reasons. Right. right? Um, there were a few this week. Uh, they're so gross, I don't even want to talk about them. But I'll just tell you that there are, there are a bunch of viral stories about uh, bad outcomes from bills like this. The one I do want to talk about is... Tudor Dixon, who we talked about, she won the Republican primary. She's running. She's running against the kidnap victim, uh, alleged kidnap victim, Richard Whitmer in Michigan. And she, again, presents as a sane, normal person, but she's an absolute lunatic, as we talked about in one of our previous episodes. But she went on TV and was asked about a 14-year-old uh, rape victim being forced to carry a baby to term. And she gave this spiel about how she's met children who are children, uh, who are products of rape. And I don't believe her, honestly, because who goes around talking about, yeah, I was a rape baby. I'm sure there are activists. Mm-hmm circles just that kind of stuff um but she's saying that the bond that a mom shares with a, a child of rape is basically stronger than a normal maternal bond because they're getting over that trauma together and it pulls them together and the baby provides a light and i was just like if these people win elections it's i, I don't understand rudy gi is right if any of these people fucking win right yeah um, again she's talking about a 14 year old rape victim when she says that, like, nah, it'll be good for both of them. Really, it's yeah. the best thing that could happen to her is to be forced to yeah. carry that baby to term because that'll save her life. Uh, but yeah, but ironically, uh, she says all of this. Yeah. So November's elections are going to be a real bellwether on uh, everything going forward, because one of the bets these groups made is that they're insulated from these policies ever being rolled back by judges that have been installed by right-wing gerrymandered governments. And they're insulated from electoral blowback by gerrymandering. And also they have the wind at their back from a bunch of dark money that flows into our elections from psychotic billionaires. And to show you what I'm talking about, um, this came out this week. Uh, the Federal Society just got a $1.6 billion fucking donation. Dude. Uh, the Federal Society is the, the group singularly most responsible for all these draconian abortion laws. Uh, they installed five members of the Supreme Court. Uh, Merrick Garland's also a member, which I, I don't know how the fuck he is still alive in democratic politics when he's basically labeled himself a right-wing conservative, but that's an argument for a different day. Maybe he's just doing it for career networking purposes. Um, so <laughs> this donation actually happened in March of 2021. It just became public now, 17 months later, which is kind of no better illustration of how opaque our political spending system is. $1.6 billion of dark money flowing into our politics. And no one knew that it existed or where it came from. But people right. did some digging. ProPublica had a D report today. So what this guy did, his guy's name's Barry Side. I know how his last name's pronounced because the investigative report, this guy's so secretive, they had to research how to say his last name. This guy's a billionaire who basically is off the grid. And I'm not sure if Barry spelled, I'm saying Barry right, because it's B-A-R-R-E, just full disclosure in case he's from some country where I, I don't, I'm not familiar with the name conventions, but I'm just going to call him Barry Side. Um, the company sold was called Trip Light. They make uh, power strips. So he sold uh, this company called Trip Light for $1.6 billion, and he put it into a trust and signed it over to a guy named Leonard Leo, who's who runs the Federal Society. So he got a $1.6 billion tax break, and the Federal Society got $1.6 billion in tax-free 
income because they're charitable organizations, right? They're not political. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. That's how it's supposed to be set. But like, what are they, what are the other things that they do? These organizations like this? Cause yeah, it's like a loophole where they're allowed to engage in politics as long as it's not their primary purpose. But if you get $1.6 billion from a conservative donor to, you know, keep stacking the Supreme court with fucking draconian mm-hmm. lunatics, seems like that's probably your primary purpose. I don't know if they're also like, you know, Mm-hmm. helping puppies out or whatever they're doing. But uh, no, they, it they seems like it's mostly this. They're nonstop. They're nonprofits dedicated to like education and like, mo- and, a- a- and activism. So it's like, it's not, it's like non, nonpartisan activism, like uh, stuff about doing legal education and clinics and shit, but it's a fucking, it's horseshit. They're a, they're a right wing political organization. Um, so, but so, the thing about Barry's side is he's so secretive that no one could find a picture of him. One of the few known photos of him was as a 14-year-old in 1946. Crazy. That, that's him second from the left. He looks like a little like football coach, like somebody shrunk a, like a 1940s football coach. Um, he's poured a ton of money into right-wing causes over the years. For example, this is a funny one. The Heartland Institute, which I'm sure Matt is familiar with as an arch enemy, they're a hardcore climate skeptic group, which is a you know, heartland. the heartland, people don't care about wind and trees and stuff. <laughs> um, they put up a bunch of billboards about the Unabomber. <laughs> Just a mugshot of the Unabomber says, I believe in global warming to you, which is like, I love, I love this rhetorical fallacy. It's one of my favorite ones. Like the, the Yes, he was a professor at MIT. He probably did believe in global warming. Right. Well, uh, the f- the fact that a crazy person believes something doesn't necessarily mean that that thing isn't true. You know, I yeah. mean, like crazy people believe all kinds of shit that isn't true. But like the idea that global warming is disproved by the fact that the Unabomber apparently believed in it is completely absurd, obviously. Uh-huh. Like imagine someone who does believe in global warming and they see that and they're like, oh, damn. Well, I can't keep uh-huh. doing that. It makes me like yeah. the Unabomber. Thank you, Billboard. It's like it's yeah. just what the fuck. Um, so yeah, when you see when you see a bunch of those misleading ad campaigns trying to trick people into vote the wrong way of ballot initiatives, it's probably paid for by this one point six billion dollars. But uh, Leonard Leo himself is a funny guy because um, he he runs like ten. He's a president of like ten different not conservative nonprofits, and they're all like have basically have the same PO box. So it's all just him. They're just set up differently for different various like tax shady reasons. And the lawyer said this shit, this shit at the 1.6 billion is perfectly legal, which to me is the real fucking scandal. Yeah. But you don't hear Leo's name, but he's very, very important. In fact, I told you he named, he was responsible for naming five of the, uh, um, in his six, five of the six conservative uh, Supreme court justices. Um, they've rebuilt the entire federal judiciary after David Souter snuck through as a pro choice judge and, and, uh, appointed by a Republican. And in 2015, Clarence Thomas joked Leonard Leo was the number three most powerful person in the world. Now, that's a joke, but I don't think it's far from the truth. And you just $1.6 billion more dollars yeah. to play with. Uh, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Yeah, it's a fucking nightmare. Matt, you can put us up some uh, questions and comments here before we get out of here. But yeah, just it's so like thinking about, you know, all the shit that could have been done with $1.6 billion. And he just gives it all to you know hand Handmaid's Tale causes or whatever. It's uh, it's uh, very frustrating. The amount that like these people care about this type of shit uh-huh. is uh, just maddening. I did want to ask you while Matt's looking for some questions and comments if you saw that. Uh, so reportedly, there's some student loan shit coming tomorrow. Did you see that? Like, what do you what are your expectations for that? Biden's going to forgive some chunk of student loan debt for people that need some qualifications. I don't know. It's not going to be, it's not going to be, I mean, $10,000 of relief might mean a lot to some people, especially to the people who make less than 125 grand, which I think is going to be the cutoff. But like, it's, you can't read about student loan debt. People owe trillions of dollars, not individual, but in aggregate owe trillions of dollars. Talk about that collapsing birth rate we were talking about earlier. People can't afford to buy houses and have kids because they graduate law school and have 400 grand in debt. And maybe that's, good or bad but like if you want people going to work for like from like like indigent defense or environmental law instead of going to a white shoe law firm because they don't want to be destitute we need to figure out what better way to structure a cop paying for college as opposed to having it be heavily financialized and priced to the fucking moon and going up like 20 percent a year um because this is not sustainable and i would I, I would like to pair the student loan forgiveness with like a giant federal package restructuring 
um, grants, loans, giving people interest rates in line with what banks get, uh, capping how much colleges can raise their tuitions year to year, um, shit like that. Because the, I, you know, we had to talk this before, but like there was a there was a college administrator talked about like how they set their price points, and basically it's just that they will charge. One one college raised their tuition like thirty grand a year to see if kids would pay it, and more kids applied because they thought the more expensive school meant it was better. Yeah, so, right. This is a twisted system. Yeah, absolutely. House Cat on uh, YouTube says ten thousand dollars is nothing. It like literally does not even cover my interest. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had not seen the details until we just now talked about it, and Matt put a link that, link in our comments there uh, saying all the same stuff you were saying. Yeah, it's uh, it just it makes it seem like it's just some sort of, you know, relatively toothless like, like a bargaining chip or something like with the midterms yeah. coming up. Like, hey, look, we're doing something. But yeah, like you said, that's for most people with significant student loans, which I think is most people with student loans, ten thousand dollars is, and it's also got the parameters on it about the income and all that. Uh, Renee Sycamore Mom on YouTube says, "I've been paying on mine since 2012, and I feel like I'm never going to be done." Yeah. yeah. Uh, Eric J. Loffenberg says student loan forgiveness will help me immensely. That's good. I'm glad. Glad yeah. to hear it, Eric. If you're close to if you're close to being done, ten thousand dollars is a lot. But if you owe 140, that interest is going to put that 10 grand back on in a year. Um. So yeah, like it's it's worth noting that like I I see a lot of conservatives being like, don't take a loan you can't pay back. But these are 17 yeah, year old kids, dude. I was I was just I was just about to bring all that up too. It's such a like a predatory system because also they're raised for ever their whole childhood believing that like, you know, you got to go to college. It's crucial to having a successful life in this country and everything. And then they find out that it's an invent they, it, they, they're t- it's investment in your future and all this. And it's like, that shit is true enough, but then they get there and they find out they just are told these numbers that are, might as well be imaginary to a 17 year old, you know, they're like, well, I'm going to be making so much bank with my sweet ass college degree. That won't be shit. And you know, they sign and it's, it's not fair. Uh, Jasmine Parker says, I'm scared to see what my balance is. I haven't paid in so long. It's terrifying to think about. Uh, like, I think I told this story on here before, but briefly I once signed up for three separate credit cards as an 18 year old college freshman in exchange for a medium pizza, three medium pizzas I got. And now I didn't know I was signed. They literally lied to my face and said, it was just, uh, it was like, no, this is to receive more information in the mail. And then I got credit uh-huh. cards in the mail, you know, a couple of weeks later, but like that's people prey on college kids for these exact reasons. And I was dumber yeah. than most, but you know, Dude, what I uh, read this comment real quick. This is from Aaron McCullough. Uh, my loans are forty-five k because they trusted a money dumb eighteen-year-old to make huge financial decisions. I was an English major. I had no business making huge financial decisions like, "Hey, would you like an extra ten thousand dollars for a new laptop for your schoolwork?" Right. Which is like, that's the, the, it, the just to point out how corrupt this is because it's the best way to the best way to smuggle in corruption is to hide in something fun and optimistic like your child going to college, right? Right. They've rigged the system where, like. Usually loans carry risk. That's why you pay interest, right? The bank is taking a risk on you. They have rigged the system. This is the is student loans the only kind of loans you can't discharge through bankruptcy. There's only two kinds of loans you can't get out of. Student loans and giving and taking fifty grand from Tony Soprano right. to gamble with. Yeah. <laughs> so like they're taking no risk, which is why they push all this money into this sector and a heavily financialized education and allow Colleges to push up tuition because kids are borrowing hypothetical numbers when they're too money dumb to know what they're doing, and it's a rigged game. If it was, if it was, if if you're paying interest, the bank should be taking some risk. If you give me forty five grand for an English degree, which is about what my student loans were, and I got an English degree too, Aaron, um, then you should be taking a risk that you made a bad bet on a guy who's not going to pay you back because you fucking gave a kid for a bunch of money to get an English degree. That's right. your fucking fault. Just like if you give somebody a bunch of money to buy a boat and the boat sinks and it's uninsured, that's mm-hmm. your fault. You made a bad investment. So yeah, I, it's like they, they, it's, it's, it's two separate rules. Like all we carry all the risk and they get all the benefit. So that's, that, that's what makes me so angry about yeah. the student loan thing. The specifics of it, I don't have an answer to it because the whole the, the whole the whole system needs to be restructured financially, and ten thousand dollars is a band aid on a pimple. So yeah, 
Michelle Minich Spencer says English majors unite. I started out as an English major and switched to psychology, yeah. which is a equally uh, useless bachelor's degree. A, uh, more so, honestly. Yeah. I had a professor made me memorize the prologue to the Canterbury Tales, and I can still ruin a party by by reciting the first part. One that I'll ruin with a shortest sukta, the druk the marchit paste into the root. Yeah. Look at that. How about that, everybody? I think we got to go out on that note before Mark uh, yeah. regales us all here. All right. Yeah. Well, again, go to TreyCrowder.com. Check out my tour dates. Going to be adding more soon. And if you'd like to support the show and get some bonus SKUs episodes, sign up on Patreon. WeeklySKUs.com slash more. Or go to Patreon and search my name. Like You'll and find subscribe. It. Like and thank you. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Just under the wire. Like and subscribe. Smash that like button, guys. Subscribe to the yeah. channel. Tell all your friends. Share the show. All that good stuff. All right. Love y'all like chicken. See you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>